Amen. Um, yeah, wonderful to see what God's doing, um, expanding the kingdom, expanding the family, and we're seeing babies being born in our community. Those of you that know my wife and I, we just had a little girl as well. She's about six weeks old, and she is the most beautiful little girl I've ever seen. I'm biased. I know, I know, I'm biased. But I just did want to take a moment and to just say thank you so much to you as a community. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your incredible blessing and just the things you guys have sown into our lives. We feel incredibly blessed. I think it's such a privilege to be a part of a community and a family um, and really want to thank you guys for what you've uh, done in our lives. Um, I have a whole new appreciation for all of you mothers out there. You guys are amazing. Is that it? All right, okay. Okay, you mothers, you're amazing. Katie, you're incredible. Um, honestly, it's been incredible to watch sort of what God does with a young family as we, as we start with a little one wondering, how the heck do we do this? So for me, I did take a couple of weeks off over this time just to be with my ladies at home. And uh, over that time, I started to sort of examine my life a little bit and just the realization of what fatherhood is and um, the fact that I'm getting older. Some of you might recognize that. We had a child in my hair managed to just disappear within two weeks. Um, so the realization of just life progressing was starting to hit me and I was realizing, reflecting back and looking at my life, that um, actually some areas in my life I've allowed a lack of discipline to creep into my life where maybe I've been a bit apathetic or lethargic and maybe not um, taking some things as seriously as I should. So, so one of those things, and I'm going to be a bit vulnerable this morning, one of those things for me was exercise. So um, I decided that after this time off and uh, that, you know, this is something I need to do something about. And uh, then I watched the Olympics. Do you guys watch the Olympics? So I'm getting expired. I can run like that. I can do what he just did. Okay, so I'm getting inspired. So I decide that I'm going to go for a run. Well, maybe we'll call it a jog. And if you're thinking I ran around Westwood Lake like two times, not even close. I went for a 15-minute jog. Okay? A 15-minute jog. So about seven minutes into this jog. Okay, that's halfway for those of you. Seven minutes in, I am suffering. Okay, I'm... I'm now rhythm breathing. I'm using my rhythm breathing technique that I learned for labor, right? Two short, one long. I am dying. My legs feel like lead. My insides are turning on me. For those of you that are worried, I got through it. Okay, I finished the 15-minute run. But it didn't really stop there, okay? So after a recovery that took a few days, I decided that I was going to go to the gym, now, I can't tell you how all of that went, but I just want you to picture this. I get to the gym, and I get chatting with this couple. I decide I'm going to jump on a spin bike just to warm up and test my legs a bit. And um, this couple starts talking. They're like, hey, you should come join us in this class. They're like, it's just an all-body workout. And I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And they say, you look like you could do it. You look like you're in shape. I'm like, yeah, I look good. All right. I'll come do that. High-intensity training, a HIIT workout. It was an hour long. Why I agreed to this, I have no idea. I think it's because maybe what they saw, they, they looked at me and said, you know, you look like you could do it. Oh my goodness. Okay, so just picture the very end of this time. 
here's me at the back of the class after we've been running all these stations of exercise, and we're supposed to be doing shoulder raises, so I'm supposed to be doing these shoulder raises with my purple weights. I'm supposed to be doing these things, right? Except my weights are on the ground because I can't even pick them up anymore. <laughs> so that's about how bad that, that was for me. And um, needless to say, I'm out of shape, but I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to get back into exercise. Um, you know, muscles need exercise, right? Muscles need exercise. And I was thinking about that and how there's also this parallel to the spiritual for us. You know what needs exercise? Faith. Faith needs exercise. You know, we might look in the mirror and go, I look good. You know, it's okay. Maybe I'm a little softer in a few areas. Maybe I'm not quite as um, fit and tight as I used to be. But on the most part, I look good. But you see, on the outside, we might look good. But what's on the inside isn't so good. I might have looked okay, and some of you are saying, well, Paul, what, what are you talking about? Look at you, you look great. Yet, no, what was going on in the inside was not good at all. And I think there's some parallels for us with faith. Sometimes it might look like we've got it all together, that we're coming to church, that maybe we're reading our Bible, that we look good. But actually, what's going on in the inside isn't so good. How many of you are here with me today? Are you following me? So this is a journey that I'm on. So I'm first absolutely preaching to myself here this morning. And today what I want to talk about is exercising your faith. So we can get spiritually out of shape, believe it or not. It is possible. And when we talk about faith and it needing to be exercised, um, for those of you here this morning, I want to just settle something for us that when we come to faith in Jesus, that that is the first time we exercise faith. The scripture says that God gives us each a measure of faith, a capacity to believe, and we believe in Jesus. And the scripture says in, one, um, sorry, in Colossians 1.13 that he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and he's transformed, or sorry, transferred us into the kingdom of the Son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. So faith gets us into the kingdom. So let's settle that it's faith alone. We're not saved by works. Ephesians 2.8 says, For grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of your own doing. It's a gift from God. Romans 5.1 says that by faith we have been justified. So faith is what gets us into the kingdom. It restores us to right relationship with the king. Great. So you're all there. If you're not there, come and chat with me after and we'll get you there by introducing you to Jesus. And then you can exercise your faith and choose him as your Lord and Savior. We all want to be there, friends, because what God has for us is in the kingdom. So, now that you're here with me, I want to look at some scripture around exercising your faith. So if you want to call this a, if you want a title for the sermon, it's exercise your faith. It's really simple. So let's look at Mark 4.35. And this is a story of Jesus, and I believe that you can find yourself in this story. So as we're reading it, I want you to consider where you are in this story. And let me just give you a hint. You're not Jesus. Just, everybody got that? Okay, so you're not Jesus in the story. All right, so let's read some scripture. Verse 35, on that day, so what day? 
Okay, this is the day for your context that Jesus has been in a boat teaching parables to not just the disciples, but a whole bunch of people on the shores. So here's Jesus in his boat teaching the masses about all kinds of parables about the kingdom of God. On this day, on the day that he's teaching about parables, the day that he's explaining them all to the disciples, the scripture says that he told them everything. He explained everything. So some are hearing in parables, but Jesus is telling the disciples all the details. He's explaining it all. How many of you would love Jesus to just explain everything to you? All right, maybe not so many of you. That's okay. Well, I would like that. So here, he's explaining everything to them. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat. Remember that. So that the boat was already filled. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the winds and said to the sea, Peace be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? When I read this story, the first question that I want answered, the question that I want to understand was, why was Jesus so concerned about their faith? I mean, come on. The scripture says that the boat was filling with water. Anybody ever been on a boat when they felt that happen? Yeah, a couple people. And you, I mean, there's a panic that sets in. Uh, I used to commercial fish years ago, and I remember after a really hard day's work, I was asleep, sound asleep. And the captain came downstairs in a panic, waking me up, and the alarms are going off. He says, wake up, wake up, we're taking on water. I have never had my heart move so quick before in my life, because we were 40 miles offshore. When you're taking on water, it's real. So, so when I read this story, I think, oh my goodness, how is he so worked up about their faith? They're drowning. The, and the response of the disciples is, Jesus, do you even care? Like, we're, we're drowning here. Like, there's water in the boat. We're drowning. And Jesus is so concerned about their faith. So this is the question that I want answered. I want to know, why is Jesus concerned about their faith? I'm just going to grab some water. I think that the ESV is a bit too kind when I read this. Um, I was reading it in the message, and the message, I love what it says. It says that Jesus rebuked the disciples, saying, why are you such cowards? Don't you have any faith at all? Come on, really? They're, they're drowning, right? So Jesus was so concerned about the condition of their faith because he knew that the mission ahead was going to require stronger faith than what he was witnessing. Jesus was preparing the disciples to operate at a level of faith that would take them into places and to do things in the natural that are impossible. Jesus was preparing them. He knew that the road ahead was going to require great faith. And if you keep reading the story or you know the story of the disciples and Jesus, you know what I'm talking about. 
And if you don't, just keep reading. You'll read the next chapter over and you'll see a great example. But what was ahead was going to require great faith. And what Jesus was witnessing wasn't that. So the first point that I have for us when we talk about exercising our faith and we ask the question, well, why do we need to exercise our faith? The first point is this, that we need to exercise our faith because kingdom mission requires strong faith. You follow me? Kingdom mission requires strong faith. You see, faith isn't just what gets us in the door. It isn't just what gets us into the kingdom. In the kingdom, everything that we do requires faith. Faith is like air in the kingdom. You know that rhythm breathing? Imagine I didn't have any air when I was going for, going for a breath of air. It just, that would be really bad, right? Okay, so in the kingdom, the same way, we need air. We need faith. And the scripture says that we're to walk by, we're to walk by faith. That means that every step we take should involve faith. Now this is counter what the world says. What does the world say? The world tells us that seeing is believing, right? So in the kingdom, this is counter. In the kingdom, the Bible says that we believe without seeing. We believe before we see the definition of faith. Faith is being sure of things hoped for and certain of that which we do not see. This is faith. So in the kingdom, it's, it's counter what our culture tells us. So for us, it's, it's so important that we recognize the significance of faith. So we need to grow in faith because what God has for us is going to require strong faith. You follow me? You excited about that? I want to say this, that if we want to join in kingdom exploits, it's going to require faith. How many of us want to be a part of what God's doing? I do. And the scripture says that it's going to require faith. If we want to see the power of God move, if we want to see lives changed, if we want to see circumstances changed, if we want to see an orphanage flourish, if we want to see broken hearts restored, if we want to see people saved, it's going to require faith, friends. You follow me? Do you guys want any of that stuff? I do. It's going to require faith. You see, it's interesting because we can't even pray without faith. Did you know that? How about this? You know what praying without faith is? Complaining. <laughs> it's complaining. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, exercises faith, and that he rewards those who seek him. James 1 says that we're to ask in faith without doubting. God requires faith from us. And I want to say this, that if you're hearing this and you're feeling challenged, even in your prayer life, and you're feeling challenged on the condition of your faith, know that today that you are loved, that there's grace for you. But know that we're also trusting that you grow up spiritually and that you learn to exercise your faith and to pray with faith. 
You see, grace is what covers us as we grow in our faith. Grace doesn't replace faith. Can I say that again? Grace doesn't replace faith. So for us that enter into the kingdom, we operate in a place of grace, but we don't just stay here thinking that this is what God has for us. What God has for us is a journey of exercising our faith, growing in the knowledge of him, and growing stronger and stronger and walking in the authority that he has for us. Amen? Grace is what covers us on that journey. And I know when I, when I read this story about the disciples, there's some very real circumstances in the natural that seem difficult for us. So you might even have a circumstance that seems horrific. That maybe, like the disciples, you literally feel like you're drowning. Like there is no hope. But you see, let me remind you that Jesus is in your boat. Right? Okay? Just like the disciples. They seem to have forgotten this. But he's in control. You know, the creator of heaven and earth, the star-breathing God, the I am, he's with you. Somehow we forget that and we think we're all alone. But where our faith should take us is to a place of trust. I trust you, Lord, even if the circumstance doesn't work out the way that we want. I trust you because we know that God is good. And that's where we exercise faith. And this is what he's calling us to, friends, to walk in a level of faith that will calm the storm. Jesus exercised faith here and he calmed the storm. So I believe that the Lord's telling us to strengthen our faith because the fulfillment of what God has set out for you will depend on it. So you hear all that and go, okay, Paul, but how? What do you mean, strengthen my faith? How do I do it? Well, let's look at the scripture and give you some handles and some examples. The first thing I want to say for a key to exercise your faith is remember whose mission you're on. We got to do this first, friends. You know, in the scripture with the disciples, in verse 35, it says that he said to them, let us go to the other side. Or let us cross to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. So, Whose idea was it to go to the other side? Anybody? Takers? Hey, you're paying attention. Awesome. It was Jesus' idea to go to the other side. It was his mission. And he includes the disciples, which is amazing, but it was his idea, right? It was his mission. It was his purpose. See, right from the beginning, Jesus had a plan. Even when he, even when he found the disciples, What did he say to him, the first thing? Follow, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. And now here he goes again, follow me across the water. Follow me into the next thing that I have in your life. Follow me into the kingdom purposes that I have for you. So we're following Jesus. He isn't following us. And we aren't asking Jesus to get into our boat to go in a direction that we want to go but rather we're going on mission with him. So we got to remind ourselves and put this back into perspective that though as good as Jesus is and he lets us drive, that doesn't mean that it's our mission. You know, in this story, I think it's interesting 
Because you can say, yeah, Paul, I heard that. I get that. Yeah, okay. Um, Maybe we've heard it a hundred times. But how is it when we find ourselves in the story where we're at the helm? We're driving the boat, right? We're driving the boat. Jesus is sleeping. We just seem to forget when we face opposition sometimes that actually it's his mission, not ours. That we find ourselves at the helm and like the disciples, um, we try and solve it all in our own strength. I think it's an interesting picture. Let's, let's paint that for a minute here. The storm comes up. Remember, these guys were fishermen, right? These guys were seamen. These guys knew the waters. These guys were salty dogs. Okay, so these guys, they, they were good. They're on the water and they're like, ah, the sea's coming up. We're good. No problem. We'll just keep going. Right? Jesus is sleeping. Ah, we got this. We've done this before. Ah, the water coming in. Well, let's bail it out. It wasn't until the last second where it says the, the boat is full of water. It doesn't just happen like that if you've ever been on the, on, the, on the water. At the very last second, the boat's full, they're bailing water, and then they finally go and wake Jesus. How is it that we always wait until the last minute to talk to Jesus? Come on. We, we somehow, we just, we want to do it in our own ability. I got this, and we're bailing water, right? And then, and then finally at the last minute, it's like, Jesus, help! Come on! Don't you even care? And, and we miss that actually <laughs> we're not in control, that it was his mission. It was his idea to go to the other side. And the scripture says that, that God will see us through, that his plans and purposes are yes and amen in him. So if we're a part of his mission, we're good. It might look different than maybe what we thought, but somehow we want to be in control and we want to take the reins and just do it all in our own ability, right? So it's really important that we remind ourselves that we're on his mission. You know, it's interesting because you'd think that even after the disciples had spent all of this time with Jesus, right? Remember that before this, that the things that have happened were pretty incredible. Like God talking from heaven saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And everybody's like, okay. Um, Jesus is healing demon-possessed people. Uh, and he's seeing them, the demons flee. He's healing the sick. There's radical things happening. There's throngs of people trying to follow Jesus. Um, I'm telling you right now that if these guys didn't have an inclination that he was the Messiah, they weren't paying attention. Now, I know that it's later on when there's this big revelation of that, but I'm telling you, they were going, I think, maybe, what do you think? Like, they somehow forgot all of this. And Jesus in the boat to them was a landlubber. That's all he was. He was a landlubber. He was a guy that just, he was a carpenter. He wasn't a fisher. He doesn't know what to do in the water, right? No, no, I know. I'm good. I'm in control. I know. I got this. I've been here before right? It's amazing to me that somehow, even these guys, after being taught so many things about the kingdom, they forget who's in the boat with them. That's wild to me, but that's why this point's so important. We need to remember whose mission we're on. You see, I think that in this situation, the disciples had forgotten this, and it's so relevant for us because we can forget. We need to remind ourselves. And we can't carry out the mission that Jesus has for us without Jesus. We need to remember that he's with us, that his kingdom mission is something that we're a part of, and he brings us on journey with him, not the other way around. 
We don't just grab Jesus by the hand and say, I want to go do this, I'm going to go do that, and this is what I'm doing over here. Now, Jesus blessed that. And I think often we live our lives like that. And we need to get back to a perspective of actually, when I come to revelation of who Jesus is, that I'm on mission with him. What are you doing, Lord? Yeah, here's my business, and you've got all these big contracts, and amazing. I did it. I'm at the helm. Hold on. The kingdom is actually about his purposes to be fulfilled in that space, right? When we're dealing with stuff in family, and hey, we, maybe, maybe it's somebody that's met the girl of their dreams, and they want to they wanna get married, right? And they go, oh, I'm going to do this, and they just march forward. Oh, hold on, hold on. What's, what's God saying in that? And sometimes we get so carried away with ourselves that we miss what the mission is that God has us on. All right. You with me? Can I preach this? All right. So what's the next thing that I think I see here? The next one's really quite simple. Start applying your faith. Somebody say start. Okay. Start applying your faith. Okay. How's this? I can know what a cardio workout is. I may have even done some in the past. I might even look sort of okay from prior years of cardio. I could even tell you how to do a good cardio workout. But let me tell you this. I just figured this out. If I'm not doing those, I'm not reaping any of the benefits of it. Right? So we can know all this stuff about faith. But unless we actually exercise it, we get no benefit of it. We walk in none of it. It's just information. So the disciples hearing all this incredible stuff about the kingdom of God, seeing signs and wonders, and yet when faced with something that in the natural, I get it, you know, this is pretty wild, but faith is an exercise. And what Jesus is saying is that if we want to walk into our inheritance, we have to just start exercising our faith. Hey, we got to start. So we can spend all the time we want with Jesus. We can even come to church and hang out with church people. We can even read the Bible. But let me tell you this. If we don't take what we learn and apply it to our lives, friends, it's just information. And God is calling us to a life of faith. It requires applying what we're learning. So we need to just start applying our faith. I feel like how many of us have settled for shallow faith and a lack of discipline so easily creeps into our lives where, you know, we just sort of get comfortable. So you go, okay, Paul, well, how do I do it? Give me some examples. Okay, I wrote some stuff out for you, all right? If that's you and you go, all right, okay, well, what do I need to do? It's not about works, friends. It's just about loving Jesus and what he's done for us enough that we actually want to respond to what he says for us. Amen? Okay, so here's some things. Pray for the sick in faith, right? Remember praying without faith? Not a good idea. Pray in faith, whatever faith you have. The word says that to each of us, a measure is given. Whatever your measure is, big, small, indifferent, it doesn't matter. The word says we have a measure, exercise it. It will grow. So pray in faith. Go to God first when we face obstacles in faith. 
invite someone to Alpha in faith. It's awesome we can think of that name that you've got and write it down and pray for them. But unless you actually invite them and step out a little bit and risk and invite them, we miss the opportunity. God says to step out. We're to give in faith. So even when it hurts, in faith. How about this? If you need encouragement, start encouraging people until it encourages you. Let your perspective of others be driven by faith. Don't think the worst of them. Have faith for God to bring them through and encourage them toward it. This is stepping out in faith. Apply your faith to family conflict. When you're upset and there's disagreement and there's arguments and you're frustrated and there's hurt, don't just throw in the towel and say, that's it, I quit, I'm done. No, hold on. Let's apply faith. Let's trust God to bring us through. This is what it looks like. We can apply faith, friends. And it might always not work out the way that we want, but how many of us know that God is worth trusting? He can bring us through. So let's step out and let's be obedient to what he's saying, even if it doesn't make sense. We need to know, friends, what we believe and why we believe it. And we need to demonstrate that in our lives. So just start. Trust God. And see what he does. I promise you that your faith will grow as you start. It's the same thing with exercise. If you want to start competing in the Olympics, you better start somewhere. And you just got to start. You can't just think about ideas, read books about it, and you actually got to get out and start jogging. And hopefully you make it past the seven-minute mark. All right. So the last thing I want to say is this. The last point that I have for us for a key to exercising our faith is to take risk. Faith is spelt R-I-S-K. Take risk. Exercising our faith isn't easy. The Bible says that we're to live by faith. And friends, that's, that's not easy to walk in step with him. This is, this is challenging, but can I encourage you in this? It is so worth it. Have you ever put your faith out for something and seen God come through in radical ways? That's what he's called us to. A lifestyle of perpetual celebration of us stepping out in faith and God coming through. And us stepping out in faith and God coming through. That's the life that God has for us. Don't settle for a Christianity of shallow faith. Let's trust God to take us into all that he has for us. You know, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. To follow Jesus is going to take faith, friends. And I, can I challenge us in this and say that if your lifestyle, if your life doesn't require faith, who are you following? Because to follow Jesus is going to require faith. Who are we following? Don't settle for shallow faith. You know, Peter never would have walked on the water if he hadn't stepped out in faith. The disciples never would have accomplished all that they did if they didn't learn the lesson Jesus was teaching them about faith. We wouldn't be here today, friends. We wouldn't have a church family and community if people hadn't stepped out in faith. If Mike and Deborah didn't believe and trust God to come, to Canada to start a church community here, we wouldn't be here today. 
We're living in the benefits of faith. And it does mean risk. See, God's plan for us is kingdom exploits. And I was reading through this scripture and considering what God wants to say to us as a community. And I just, I feel like there's many of us here that when you hear this, you can go, you know, Paul, there was a time where I did operate in the faith you're talking about. But you know, maybe you got hurt. Maybe you got let down. Or maybe you actually haven't stepped out of this level of faith. Maybe you're realizing that you're at the helm. And Jesus should be. And it's almost like I see a picture and I want to do it as visual so you can see what I'm talking about. And I feel like so many of us live like this. Remember, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. No, I'm not going to do a handstand on the chair. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And if us living in a place of faith looks like this, okay, in this place, I'm more vulnerable. Can you agree? I'm vulnerable here, right? Okay? And that's because the kingdom of God is advancing. Amen, right? The kingdom of God is advancing. We're taking ground from the enemy. That's our purpose. That's why we're still here is to advance the kingdom of God. That's his mission for you and I, and it requires faith. So if standing in a place of faith is vulnerable, here's the picture that I see so many of us as believers settling for. I'm good here. I kind of see it over there. I've stood there before. I kind of got hurt. I'm not so sure. I'm actually, you know what? I'm okay right here. But if we want to walk in what God has, he says you've got to be Willing to risk. You got to be vulnerable. You got to step out. And then I feel like so many of us are kind of like this. Oh, I'll stand on the chair. I, I'll, yeah, oh, no, I can't do it. Oh, maybe I'll do it. And we, we kind of live our life sort of like this, or we kind of get up on the chair and we're like, okay, I'm here. I'm on the chair. But friends, God has so much more for us. And He's looking for a people that are willing to risk, to say, you know what? I might not know what the future holds. I might have just lost my job and I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage. My sister's super sick. I don't know how she's going to get better. But God says, will you trust me? Will you exercise your faith? Will you take the things that you're learning and apply it in your lives? Will you stand for faith in a place and be vulnerable? And if that's you this morning, as we close, I want to invite the worship team to come up. And I really feel like there's room and opportunity for us to stand with you. You know the fabulous thing about this story is the disciples were not alone. Jesus was with them. And they had brothers around them. It's the same for us. You're not alone. You've got Jesus with you. Right? The star-breathing God. Yeah, him. He's with you. And God places you in community. You've got brothers and sisters around you. And we can stand in faith with you. And did you know that faith is a bit contagious? It is. But people don't catch what you say you have. They catch what you have. Right? And I feel like there's opportunity this morning for us to pray with you to stand in faith. So I'm just going to ask the the worship team to just play quietly in the background. And 
I don't want to miss an opportunity for you this morning to respond. So you respond how you like. It's actually between you and the Lord. So if you feel that you want to sit and respond to the Lord, do that. If you feel you want to stand and respond to the Lord, do that. We've got a a leadership team here that would love to stand and pray with you if you'd like to respond that way. So if that's you, come up front. We want to pray for you. Leaders, you know who you are in our community. Don't sit there. Come up front and pray for people. We get to stand with you. You're not alone. Jesus is in the boat with you. And you've got brothers and sisters with you. And friends, the Lord says, exercise your faith because your inheritance and the fulfillment of what God has for you is going to require it. Can I ask you to stand? Just as we're standing, I want to I want to pray for our community at large. And just as I'm praying, if you feel you want to come up front for prayer, I just want you to come forward. Don't wait. Now's the time. Come up forward now. And I want to pray. God, I thank you that you don't leave us alone. God, I thank you that you are in control and for a reminder that God, even faith isn't something that we have to muster in our own strength, that you give it to us, that you give us a measure of faith. And Father, for this morning, those of us that are here that are hearing this and are feeling stirred to respond to you, God, I pray for courage for these hearts. Courage to stand for you. Courage to stand in faith. Some more of our leaders could come forward. I thank you, Lord, that you see each one here today, that you have a plan and a purpose for their life, and that you want to take them into it. I thank you for your commitment to them, Lord. And God, we just want to exalt you. We want to remind ourselves that we're on mission for you. And Holy Spirit, we ask you just come and work into lives right now, that you'd come and speak to people right now where they are. I'm just going to ask the worship team to keep playing here and respond to the Lord.